Welcome to Hit the Lights, the first edition of the uh, the new podcast that's out there for electrical engineers. Today, I have a very special first guest for the inaugural episode, and that is Mr. Lee Ward. Say hi. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm currently at home after completing any ICR and constantly doing risk assessments both in my home in the van and out there on the job at the moment given the current circumstances but uh, I'm pleased to say that um, myself my household and none of my customers as yet are presenting any risks or symptoms so therefore at the moment as we speak um, it's kind of to a degree business as as usual but uh, I'm sure that's going to change. Yeah, no, that might be a, something we have to discuss a bit later on. Um, the um, So did you actually find a compliant ECR for a change? Um, God, um, they are quite rare, actually, um, compliant EICRs, um, of which, of course, takes you down the road of conversations of standards of work, regulation changes, um, technology, etc., Um, But the one I did today, actually, is an interesting one, which is a new build site in the Wareham area of Dorset. Um, The property is only five years old, and I was called out uh, last weekend um, because the customer reported a power problem, went through some processes, um, ended up doing a site visit, um, and within minutes um, found some neutrals of a ring final circuit into the neutral bar that literally weren't terminated in any way, shape or form. They were stripped back and just dropped into the bar, but the actual terminal screw wasn't even threaded to any torque whatsoever. So it's almost like they put them in and forgot. So because of those loose connections, checked the other connections like the incoming meter tails, and I was able to get probably about six full turns of torque out of the uh, terminal screws of the incoming tails. Um, so that was enough for me, really. So made safe, did the repairs, did the tests, got them back up and running. And I just said, look, you know, based on what I've seen here alone, um, my recommendation is that we, you know, it would be good practice to do an EICR to do an inspection and test on the wider installation, which they were more than happy with. So, yeah, did that today. And I've probably got about 20 odd regulation uh, queries, stroke further investigations, stroke recommendations. Yeah, there was a selection of issues such as the typical scenario of extract fans without uh, compliance of manufacturing instructions in terms of the commonly spoken about fusing um, of those. Um, We've got some issues that I'm referring to manufacturers on down lighters, which have been completely suffocated and buried under uh, fiberglass insulation. So I'm now currently in the process of referring to the manufacturer's instructions and guidelines as to whether that is um permissible or not so yeah there's a whole variety of things and you know the standards of work is one thing um but in a scenario like that it is very difficult because it's a question of how far do you go but on a lot of the electrical connections that i checked at um you know cooker isolator points and light switches every single connection was loose right um to some degree now is that is that a training issue is it a pride in one's work issue is it speed over quality is it the fact that the qualified supervisor for the company isn't doing his job um, or isn't able to do his job but sadly you know lovely properties um they look nice 
they're in a lovely area but would i buy one based upon what i know about the standards of work i, I, I definitely wouldn't so it's uh, it's frustrating to see because all you ever want in this industry regardless of which sector you work in you just you know you just hope that people at least work to the regulations preferably above the regulations but at least to the minimum standard yeah. um so, so yeah it's not, not one probably, of the worst ones so that probably leads on to a good question then what made you choose the electrical industry so the 15 16 year old lee coming out of school or 18 year old however old you were what made you decide to go down this path in life good question um i mean one of the things i do remember at that age um ironically now uh, was i think i was about 15 16 i remember going to um my local college to do an engineering type test and I guess it was one of those things that they ran for um, you know for kids coming out of school to see whether they had the um, the right kind of aptitude if you like um, to sort of go into or consider engineering courses mm. of some sort and um, it was something that interests me but it's something that I actually quite struggled with at the time um, I've not really spoken about my kind of school life um, with anybody, particularly in the industry. But uh, yeah, it was whilst it was enjoyable and a good life experience, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't uh, the best. And I think that was due to a combination of things. But um, yeah, anyway, long story short, didn't do very well on the test. So I kind of felt at that time, as you know, you've been kind of thrown on the scrap heap, if you like, and mm. you know, go and look at some other options. Um, so, yeah, I spent a few years just kind of really not sure what I wanted to do. So did various jobs and things. Um, I think that's something I've, I've found probably in my experience as well, is that there was very little careers guidance um, and might be slightly different to yours in that I, I had quite good grades, did, didn't know what the hell to do with myself leaving school and ended up going into a degree which I wasn't happy with and ended up subsequently leaving with a load of debt which mm. which isn't which isn't ideal either um yeah yeah it's, it's really difficult because of course at that age um and even many years later you know some people still really don't know what it is they want to do with regards to their career you know so it's very difficult and uh, you know i don't know if that's part of their reasoning for trying to keep kids in sort of education till they're 18 in terms of either doing a levels um or apprenticeships as opposed to literally leaving school like i did at sort of 15 16 and ending up uh on a on a building site somewhere um which is quite daunting at that age i mean even if you're 18 you know it's a bit of an eye-opener um so yeah the the whole electrical thing um i I guess i'm like a lot of other people really that i've just always been interested in the kind of technical aspect um of of technology basically and electricity and um you know, like a lot of other people, you know, taking things apart and building things and I guess kind of mechanical stroke engineering electricity aspects is just something that's genuinely interested me. Um, And I always wanted to do something practical as well. And so I guess I found myself in a situation where I wanted to, I guess, try and join the two together in terms of um, sort of engineering stroke building electricity and technology as well. Um, yeah, it kind of took me in that direction of, of, of getting into that. Were um, you lucky enough to have a uh, an, uh, an apprenticeship, a full-time apprenticeship? 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, luckily enough, I actually um, knew someone. So it's kind of like a friend of a friend um, scenario. Um, so I, I do feel I was quite fortunate, actually, to get an opportunity to, um, you know, be given the chance to both um, have on-site experience um, and also do um, a, you know, a course of which at the time, uh, when I did it, it was the um, City and Guilds um, 2360s, which was, I think, part one was two years, part two was one year, and then after that you carry on with things such as, you know, your AM1, AM2, yeah. um, and 2391s, um, NVQs, etc., etc. So I would say the process I took probably took me probably about four or five years. I, I, I still would no way have considered myself um, qualified to work unsupervised at the end of that time, for sure. Um, Is that including yeah. your, your 2391 in that period of time? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I pretty much, because I was of the frame of mind that I had, and, and obviously I didn't know then what I know now because I'm still studying for various things right now, you know, 20 years onwards, which I never thought would happen because I was of the same mindset like a lot of other people. Um, you know, well, I'll, I'll study for, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it is. And then I'll, once I'm qualified, I can sit back, relax and enjoy it. Mm, and, I was the same. Know, yeah. You, <laughs> and like when I had apprentice a few years ago, you know, you kind of said, well, you know, I'm going to be fully qualified in three years and that's it. And it's like, ah. Uh, got some news for you and he, he when i explained it to him in a logical way he kind of understood it um so yeah whilst my head was in the books at the time i thought i'm really enjoying it so i'm just going to keep it going and get as many um you, you know get as many as these things out the way as i possibly could um but even back then the advice was a little bit mixed from tutors or lecturers at college um as to whether you needed to do the nvq or not and did you have to do the 2391 or not and nobody even back then there was never really a clear structure of of you know exactly what what technically makes somebody a properly qualified electrician so you know the challenges we have now were still about them um i'd just say it's more complicated now um, but that's obviously another subject. So my training was good. Yeah, I worked for a company who, I, I, I mean, I kind of jumped into the deep end, really. Um, it was an electrical contractor, and we did um, lots of work all over the UK in hospitals, ironically. Mm. Um, so you've got MRI suites, CT suites, X-ray rooms, surgical theatres, and it was really a case of sort of rip out and new installation work in those types of environments, which included a whole variety of of uh, electrical installation work, you know, floor trunking, basket, tray, um, metallic trunking systems with all sorts of weird and wonderful bends, um, you know, galvanized conduit, um, three-phase equipment, control equipment, nursical systems, um, supplies to um, medical equipment, unistrut sealing systems, the interesting thing about that work is that a lot of that work is on show. So when you walk into one of these medical environments, you'll, you know, you look around the room. I mean, as an electrician, you would, but you look around the room, you see the lighting systems and you see the trunking systems, the control systems and everything else. And it's all on show. So it has to be to 
I would say a good standard and also it's being signed off by clerk of works and estates management etc yeah um, and you're also working in a medical environment as well as so you've got all of those aspects that you have to take into consideration um so yeah worked all over uk from eastbourne to london sort of st thomas's guys hospital royal london all the sort of major hospitals all the way through to cardiff university down to plymouth and yeah spent many a time staying away in uh, in digs as well which was an experience yeah no um, yeah. Stay, so, yeah staying away is never fun is it it's not <laughs> Well, um, depends what age you are, actually, and who you're away with, I guess. But um, I I couldn't do it now. Um, I mean, I would if I had to. But, um, yeah, I'm more of a home family person now. And uh, staying away all week long doesn't really appeal to me at at this time. For sure. So, obviously, your career progressed. And as I understand it now, you're kind of mainly doing domestic work. But you do still do the commercial industrial as and when. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the majority um, of the work I do being self-employed as a sole trader. Yeah, a lot of it is uh, is domestic work, which is, you know, anything, you know, the usual kind of um, upgrades, EICRs, um, the odd rewire now and again, which I'm not a fan of, which I know sounds a bit odd, but yeah. Yeah, I can appreciate um, not wanting to get dusty anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some of the scenarios are okay, of course, you know, if you're working in a in a vacant property where you can kind of, you know, get on and, um, you know, be super productive. And um, but when you're working in people's properties in those scenarios where they're living there, um, you know, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff you've got to think about um, mm. in terms of safety, um, tidiness, cleanliness, and, you know, allowing them to live whilst you're doing such an extensive job. Um so yeah, um, so the domestic work I do, um, it does vary. I'd say, I mean, I cover quite a reasonable sort of geographical area um, and I enjoy doing the EICRs. Um, seem to do lots of those. Um, but yeah, I also do some commercial work, some in, industrial work now and again. The thing is where I, I live, it's not like a major kind of city type industrial scenario where the opportunities are there as much as they would be if I lived, you know, in Southampton or um, you know London or wherever really mm. okay so it's more out of a necessity of where you live that's the type of work you get and you you aim for that market yeah pretty much I mean it kind of suits my lifestyle at the moment so when I went self-employed uh, when was that 13 years ago now I primarily went self-employed really to try and give me a, a better work-life balance in terms of family certain um sort of family um, scenarios required me to be more available, you know, for their needs more than my own kind of career needs. Um, So I thought, well, you know, that's one of the good things about being an electrician. Um, You know, if you've done your, if you've done your time and you've, uh, you know, if you've had good training and experience over the years, over the years, you can majority of the time, kind of look at different sectors and different environments to work in Uh, that's why it's good that I've done sort of domestic commercial industrial agricultural marine um, consultancy work design work Um, I've kind of been fortunate to have had a taste of most of those scenarios Um, so yeah I've kind of found myself you know in a situation where you know I work 
to live. I don't live to work. Um, by me being self-employed as a sole trader comes with its variety of challenges but I guess that's the same for any job whether you're fully employed or self-employed you know there's pros and cons with both scenarios and um, personally for me the self-employment option allows me that freedom but one of the downsides is is that you know um, I'm not necessarily doing all of the types of work that I would like to do in an ideal world. And with what's going on at the minute has that obviously I'm referring to coronavirus so has that made you reassess being self-employed um I've got to be honest and say that I'm kind of always I'm always reassessing the situation because um as I say you know when when you're self-employed um every day is different um you know you can go through periods of the year where things are going really great um you know you've got some good jobs on the go and everything's ticking along fine um and then you can have other periods where you know work may slow down through no fault of your own or you may have a situation with a with a client that is is difficult to resolve no matter what you do um and then you've got the other pressures as as well of thinking what work you've got ahead and you know paying your bills and um everything that goes with it so i i guess i'm always reassessing my personal situation which might sound a bit odd to other people that may have had long-term jobs where they're fully employed you know they might they might not like the sound of that because they prefer security but i've always learned that it's difficult to find security in any job um Mm -hmm. you know taking everything into account um you know with you touching on the coronavirus scenario you know that's just an example i know it's uh exceptional circumstances unprecedented at the moment but um it, it does bring it home to everybody how vulnerable everybody is, how vulnerable business is and the economy and everything that goes with it. But, um, yeah, for me, I kind of work day to day and I'm happy with that. Um, I'm happy being self-employed at the moment, happy having the freedom that that gives. I'm going to say freedom. It doesn't literally mean, you know, you can work part time or work whenever you want and you don't have any care in the world in fact you've probably got more pressure because you are the tradesperson you're the md you're the marketing department you're the accountant you know you're you're almost having to do six or seven jobs to run a business especially in our industry as well which is heavily kind of regulated um so i see myself as having two jobs actually i have my practical on the tools job you know during the days and then in the evening, I have my administration job, which is pretty much doing paperwork of some form every evening, every night, and sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays as well. So when I talk about freedom, yes, I have the freedom of managing my time, but I don't necessarily have the freedom of having lots of free time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you ever considered expanding the company, taking on staff to support that so that you wouldn't have to do the evenings and weekends? Um, yes, I've considered it over um over over time for sure um in fact i mean over the years i've had a couple of apprentices um work for me that i've helped train um which is more of a giving back type scenario rather than a trying to grow business for business benefit but i mean in terms of employing people to try and grow i'm not really sure i mean i've spoken to lots of people um, who 
run companies of various different sizes over the years and you know again you get to hear the pros and cons of those scenarios and that comes with its own set of challenges and um, I'm not really naive enough to think that you know if I took on a couple of electricians and everything would be great that would free me up I'd have you know better quality time at home and or make more money and, and all of those things that people would assume to be the case by default just by employing people I don't think it's that easy I think you need to have it first of all before you go down that road you absolutely have to have some form of business plan in terms of uh, reliable source of clients um, you've got to have a good forecast of an order book that you know that if you're taking on staff you need to do your very best in terms of knowing that if you're taking them on that's quite a responsibility and a commitment of which I fully respect anybody you know who employs people because I would probably have some sleepless nights over the concern of you know having the responsibility of you know paying someone's wages of which they you know they might have rent and mortgages and a family to feed etc it's um this is quite a big deal actually um and I think for me personally I, I guess the open and honest answer to you right now for me in my stage of life is that I'm kind of wanting to do what's right for my lifestyle generally in terms of kind of family life. And I think by me working self-employed as a sole trader, um, that kind of sits well with me because I can just literally manage my own time as long as I've got work to do and I can pay the bills, look after my customers. That's kind of, it's kind of all I aspire for at the moment. Um, and I'd rather spend my extra time doing other things, you know, whether that be family time or doing sort of CPD and things like that, really. So I kind of don't really have any aspirations to take on people and grow a company. Um, I wouldn't rule out opportunities of working with other people, um, you know, whether that be teaming up with a, another company or doing a joint um, project with another company or you know, by me reassessing my situation, I guess I'm kind of always open to any ideas and opportunities, really. I think I think in, when you're self-employed and a, and a sole trader, whether you literally are on your own as a one-man band or you employ people, you've got to be a certain type of entrepreneurial type person in a way because you've got to be creative in terms of making sure you get work one way or another. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, that then makes you a business person. And therefore, if you're a business person, you're always going to be open to opportunities of maybe collaborating with other people, whereby, you know, I find that quite interesting, really. You know, I, I, I know that if I had a quiet time or something, I know that I could speak to various people. And, you know, that's one of the good things about the industry as well. You know, we can kind of all keep in touch with each other and help each other, um, you know, as and when required, really. So probably on that then. Social media and keeping in touch with everyone in the industry. Mm. Obviously, obviously, we met through social media. Obviously, we're now in a position probably where we've, we've spoken fairly regularly now. And obviously, we're doing this podcast. But how do you find social media um, across all the different platforms, whether that's LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter? If you want to kind of give me a vague opinion, that's fine. Mm. Okay. Social media, right. Okay. Well, the, the main things that I personally use, um, I use Twitter. Um, I use LinkedIn. And more recently, I guess I've started to use Instagram a little bit more. I don't use YouTube as such in terms of, of me providing any form of content at all. 
not entirely sure why. I, I, I just I don't know. It's, at the moment, it just doesn't generally appeal to me, and I don't think I would have the time to put these videos together that they do and do all the editing and you know all of that must take incredible amounts of time. Whereas yeah. with you know you, with Twitter and LinkedIn, you know you can tap away and write some comments and post it and then it's kind of job done you can kind of you know it's kind of quick and easy so yeah i I tend to stick to twitter linkedin and and a bit on instagram really which um which the vast majority of the time you know i i do enjoy i mean i've met some really really nice people um on there over the years i mean i've only been kind of doing it for about i don't know five years maybe six years Mm. um but yeah i met some really really nice people um the reality is, is it's like in any walk of life. It doesn't matter whether you're on social media or in a pub, you know, you're going to get people that you get on really well with. And inevitably, you're going to have people that you don't gel with. Um, you know, that's life. That's human nature. But it's also made much worse for those two comparisons of a pub versus Twitter. And, and the other forms is that it's the famous written word, doesn't it, of yeah. how it's interpreted or how it's intended and that's something that I think takes some learning by everybody. Um, you know, it doesn't, I'm not sure it matters what age you are or what background you're from. I think um, I've certainly learned over the years to try to change certain things and aspects of the way I articulate things. Um, because sometimes you can, you can say and do things that, you, you know, that come across in the right way and received in the right way. And other times, um, it can be quite innocently a different way. But the whole written word thing with social media is very, very difficult and can sometimes, um, you know, create some problems. But um, I think, um, uh, you know, I'd say the the vast majority of of the whole social media thing is good. Um, It's great for learning, of course. Um, It's great for sharing knowledge. Um, Yeah, I think one of the things I'm making contacts. I think one of the things I probably most struggle with is obviously people share images of their work. And obviously, if you have a thousand eyes looking at it, someone will pick up something. Um, mm. And I think it's just that case of how can that be constructively shared without being aggressive, rude or slagging work off? Um, mm. I think is the key thing. And that if you are going to share your work, it, it almost needs to be a learning opportunity and you, you have to throw it out to the world with the anticipation that something something will come back, but at mm. least that's an opportunity to learn. Yeah, and I th- I've kind of come to the conclusion that the I think the type I mean I might be wrong, but the, for me the type of people that go onto social media who put themselves out there to an audience by default they are the type of people that genuinely care and have a passion for their industry and their job and the work they do. Which is great because, you know, to spend your own time putting that together and, you know, wanting to communicate with other professionals and manufacturers and companies and then also to, to actually post questions, whether they be technical or not, regulation related or not, and then to post pictures of your work. You know, I, I absolutely admire that and I think it's really great that people do that because there's a massive audience out there or there's a massive section of our industry that don't do that because they don't want to. And that could be because they don't care. They're not bothered. They don't have the time, 
which is you know up to them you know there's no problem with that at all but i'm just kind of trying to say that the people that do want to put themselves out there in some way shape or form shows a good quality that you know that they care about their industry ultimately and it's, it's very difficult when you post pictures of work and i think we've all had it where i mean i've i've had it where i've posted pictures of work and sometimes you get people commenting with some good ideas sometimes they comment with things that aren't even relevant but they say it because that's their interpretation of of a regulation for example yeah. um so yeah that, i mean there are ways and means of of doing that and I, I don't know what the answer is to it because you know i do wish that more people would post more pictures of their work um but i can kind of understand why they don't i mean something is little little like today uh, there was a electrician um i won't name him posted a picture of his work and i i kind of said you know great work um just a little tip i i normally do blah 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 just to make something particular look a bit not neater but just it's, it's just what i do and again it's not it's not the right or the wrong way in that respect it's just when you're when you're genuinely trying to share uh knowledge tips or ideas and experience it's very easy that you could do something in such a genuine heartfelt way that equally it could be received in completely the wrong way where somebody might think oh you know who are you to critique my work type thing so personally for me what i do now is when i post a picture of my work i tend to say critique suggestions ideas are welcome because i'm kind of saying you know i don't mind you know shoot me down and criticize my work I'm, I'm kind of okay with that um but i'm kind of making it clear that you know i'm happy to have my work critiqued and i think that for anybody that does do the same you know i think you've got to be open to that because you? you're kind of exposing yourself to the world and if you're going to put stuff out there then you know you, you've got to be uh expecting all different types of uh of responses yeah definitely i think Obviously, so you kind of touched on it very briefly, but obviously finding time to do things like CPD alongside everything else you're doing. Mm. Um, how how do you manage that with with everything you've got going on? Um, I don't know. I don't know where I get the time. I think. Um, Is it a learning I, on the job as you go kind of thing? Um, I think there is an element of that. I mean, the difficulty with that is that obviously, you've, when you're actually on the job, you've from a business perspective you've got to be productive um to actually do what you intended to do within the time that you've allowed which is all part and parcel of sort of running a business but in terms of cpd generally i mean yeah you know people are always learning whether you're on the job or sat in the van reading a magazine or looking on your phone at you know whatever subject i tend to find evenings um the best time for me personally only because of my kind of lifestyle and that when i get home um my other half she works um in a and in the nhs um and she works nights so she generally sleeps during the day and the evening and then gets up and then goes to work in the evening and um so i'm kind of i'm not in a situation in the evenings during the week where i'm having to not having to but i'm not sort of spending time with my wife scenario um, yes, I've got the kids and, you know, they can be doing their homework whilst I'm doing my admin and it, it does allow me a bit of time in that regard. But I think it comes down to the type of person you are in terms of 
and it's not for everyone which is absolutely fine but for me depends how self-motivated you are to want to do further learning or cpd and things like that so i just try and find the time and whether that be half an hour of an evening or a few hours of an evening yeah you just you just have to manage your time i guess um Mm. and if you've got the motivation to do it you know you will find the time i mean i'm not in a situation you know where i kind of live on my own and have loads of spare time you know i've got sort of running a business and you know i've got three kids and a wife and she works nights and so i've got the same pressures and time constraints as as a lot of other people so i think it's just a case of managing your time and trying to work smarter not harder type of scenario yeah sure okay so obviously part of that is similar to myself in that like both members of the iet and obviously they obviously put a lot of good content out there at times um what made you initially want to become a member of the iet i think i found myself in a situation where i guess things became a bit kind of stagnant in a way of me thinking i want to progress in some way shape or form so i you know started to do some research um and thought you know what can i do in order to just try and further myself and when i when i've done this I've, i've not done it with the intention of actually having an end goal of trying to land a particular job or work for a particular company or earn a particular salary or anything. It's just more about my own personal self-development. I also found myself in a situation personally where I needed something to focus on to give me some form of kind of escape, if you like. Um, And I found that me putting a lot of my time and focus and energy into, you know, both kind of trying to run the business but also um spending evenings and some weekends and things doing cpd related stuff of which the the iet membership forms part of that um i found that it gave me a focus to kind of develop myself and i i guess in a way also i think it's it's an opportunity to try and just push your boundaries um And it's a very difficult subject sometimes because, you know, when you talk to people about subjects like this, you kind of think, God, you know, are they looking at you thinking, oh, God, you know, you think you're better than everyone else or you're an elitist or, you know, oh, well, you know, good for you. You know, well, you've done that doesn't doesn't make me a crap electrician because you've done that. And it's like it's it's nothing to do with any of that. Um, It's just about self-development and it's not for everybody. Um, I would recommend it to everybody. But it isn't for everybody. Um, I think it depends where you are in in life, in your personal life, in your career, you know, the job you have, what your future ambitions are, um, you know, what you want to do as a person, really. So, yeah, self-development is fine. And I kind of found myself at times thinking I am spending quite a lot of time on this. Um, is it worth it? And I just thought, yeah, why not? You know, it's a challenge. I, I kind of saw it as a challenge. And I think taking you back to when I was 15 and I failed that engineering test at college, that kind of, you know, like a lot of things that you go for as a child, you know, if you've got a teacher in the old fashioned days, you used to say to us kids, you know, God, you know, you're not going to achieve anything and you're rubbish. And all that. that was kind of the old school method of teaching. And I remember teachers saying that to not just for myself and on occasions, but other children as well. And you think, God, you'd never hear that now. 
and rightly so. You know, it's about trying to help and support, learn, um, you know, and develop. And I, I think it was a self, a self kind of benefit challenge thing, really. And like I say, did it for myself. I'm really glad I did. Um, you know, the the IET, you know, they are our institution for our, our industry, of course, um, with regards to professional registration than the institution that represents engineering and technology. Yeah, Not no, sure I'd... if that answered your question, but... <laughs> bit of a kind of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of did. Mm. Um, I think one of the, probably one of the main things I've learned, probably just through my membership, is just having a, a development plan for, for mm. yourself. One of the things I've kind of always done is always try and have the next course to get. And initially, early, quite early on in my career, I always saw that as, well, I'm going to get to the next pay bracket. What's the person above me doing? Um, for me to get to that st- stage of pay and obviously I think I've kind of developed beyond that now and I see a, the broader picture but I still do maintain a development plan of what's the next course what do I need to be learning and hmm. I think I think probably even though I'm not anything to do at the moment anyway you know with with car charging it's definitely something that needs to be on my radar to go out and learn because hmm. there's gonna there's gonna be m- national infrastructure changes and implement implementation of this soon um mm. and i think it's just being aware of those things and keeping it on a planner can make you say okay i've only got a certain amount of budget to spend on courses and training what's critical for me earning money and what's uh, a, a nice to have and just mm. weighing weighing those up yeah, absolutely. And one of the good things with the IT system, of course, is the, you know, the career manager aspect of things where, you know, you can document your, you know, your experience, your career path, uh, qualifications, um, CPD type stuff. Um, and also it, it, it just allows you to, I guess, give yourself some sort of vision as to where you want to go as well. And again, some people are happy to, um, you know, get the membership and just kind of leave it there. They've reached where they want to go and, and that's enough for them. And again, that's fine. You know, everybody's everybody's different. I mean, my my ultimate plan, I think, was to, um, to for my own personal scenario, was to be a member of the IT for around five years and then look at building my path to go for incorporated engineer. Um which is on my radar. Um, not sure when I'm going to start that process as yet. Um, I think we're going to have to ride this particular storm that we've got going on at the moment and, um, you know, maybe come back to that the end of this year, early next year. And then a bit further on down the line, you've got other options within the IET in regards to going from being a member to a fellow. And, you know, there's, there's loads of scenarios um yeah i think probably if if you know financials aren't aren't an issue and for whatever reason whether it's the the virus or whatever we've got going on in the country uh, you, you do find time to sit and probably evaluate it's probably a good time to sit and write your, your development plan or even look at the applications and start seeing if you can meet the criteria to mm. for yeah. the levels and, and develop yourself yeah i mean just for any anyone interested i'm just looking on the it website now and it talks about the career manager path 
It says you can apply to become professionally registered and keep up to date with your CPD using the skills of development and a recording tool. So if you wanted like a base station of sort of where to start and try and map something out, um, you know, using the IET website is a, you know, is a really good thing to look into. But I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, with all of these things, it's it's something that should be considered both as a challenge and I think as an achievement. Um, because, you know, when you have, you know, when you get asked certain questions of, you know, I'm thinking of doing it, is it easy? My answer is, well, if it was easy, why do you want to do it? Um, and if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, you know, the, the whole point of this process is that, you know, again, it's not for everyone, but those who are genuinely interested in it shouldn't necessarily be looking towards something because it's easy. It should be more because, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, you know, professional development and any professional development should be a challenge and should be a learning curve. And when you reach that particular, um, milestone um then it's something to something to be proud of i think yeah definitely i'd agree with that if there's anyone out there thinking about about doing application go and go and download the pack have a look mm. at the career manager and and see where you fall into that and how you can develop yourself further yeah and then after that you've also again it's like one of the great things of our industry you know the the world is your oyster so to speak where you know you can move into different environments and industries you know you're not kind of stuck you know in, in one particular place so once you've done your technician membership or your membership of the IT you can then look at the potentials for scenarios which I which I did with regards to the engineering council um, for engineering technician electrician um, which is something that um, is relatively new at the moment um, but that's something worth doing some research on um and again it's like i say it's just self-development you can you can go as far with it as you want to go and it's not you know it's just something that allowed me to focus on and um yeah i, I just i guess i just enjoy kind of the learning aspect of the industry and um setting myself a bit of a challenge and then just kind of going from there, which I, I would assume is similar. Yeah, definitely. Probably on that then. So what, what sure. else what, what else do you enjoy about the electrical industry? I, can't, I, don't, I can't really nail it down to one particular thing, really. Um, I guess is it's there... the unknown. Now, I know that sounds a bit odd, as in the unknown, but isn't it constantly evolving? in terms of regulations and systems and qualifications and training and approvals and technology. There's so many subjects that are constantly changing and it's not me dodging the question as such, but I think you've I, answered, I, you're answering it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think it's the whole, it, it's, it's kind of ever changing, isn't it? And I don't know, it's difficult to answer it without sounding cheesy, but it is, I think at the moment, because the industry is where it is and there's so much room for um, for change, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward, thinking that you know there's there's kind of good times ahead and there's going to be positive changes that are going to benefit standards, hopefully going to benefit electricians, 
both existing and electricians coming through into the industry. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we see good changes ahead with regards to further education colleges, that they get more support that they need. Um, and yeah, technology's moving fast, isn't it? You know, with, as you touched on, you know, EV charging, um, that there's so many areas that, I don't know. I mean, if you think where we're going to be in five years' time, ten years' time, yeah, I think it's... It's definitely an interesting uh, time to be an electrician. It is, yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of thinking... It, it, my, my, my hope is that as time goes by, um, it will only get better. That's probably the, the best positive um, aspect of our industry right now, that as time goes by, you know, the industry's going to move forward and I'm sure the future's bright. Yeah, no, that's, pro- <laughs> that's probably a great message to end the podcast on. Um, mm-hmm. but, but before we do, I'm going to have a regular section in the podcast. What is your favourite movie? Favourite movie? Yes. <sighs> wow. Having been a dad and run me in business for some years i very rarely get time to sit down and watch movies um <laughs> however i'm more into my box sets if i'm honest um, okay okay what's your favorite box set or what I are you watching say, at the minute that you could recommend well what i've been watching quite a lot of and i've, I'm, I've sadly watched it a few times now a couple of things so, so i've been watching um ozark okay have what's that seen, about have you seen ozark at all um, so it's an American box set regarding this uh, this family guy who is a, a an accountant or a, sort of a financial advisor, I should say. Um, and long story short, without any spoilers, um, is that he finds himself in a bit of a tricky situation that his partner has got him into. And let's just say he has to be flexible with the rules and regulations regarding financial institutions. Um, and I okay. think there's only I think there's two series out at the moment. I think the third series is coming out towards the end of March, which I'm looking forward to. And is that Netflix? It, it, yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Um, okay. So that that's really good. I'd, I'd highly recommend Ozark as a box set. The other one that I've kind of been into, which um, is getting a bit old hat now, uh, which is House of Cards. Right. Um, yeah. Which is a pretty good one, but the problem is with box sets, of course, is once they get onto the sixth, seventh, and eighth series, you tend to wonder if they're just kind of dragging it out now. Um, but that's a good one that I recommend. But movies generally, I'm a bit old-fashioned and boring in regards to the usual kind of, you know, love my James Bond films. Um, so I'd probably say my favourite James Bond film, uh, Casino Royale. Okay, yeah. So you like a bit of Daniel Craig then? As an actor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my wife might give you a different answer to that uh, particular <laughs> statement. Um, yeah, some nice pants on the beach. If I could look half as good at him at his age, I'll uh, I would be very impressed. <laughs> so Especially <would> I. <laughs> w- walking out of the sea onto a beach in uh, in the Caribbean. But I think I'll um, I think I'd probably wear a t-shirt if I was in that situation. <laughs> We all would. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So okay. on, on that note, thank you very much, Lee, for your time. You're welcome. Um, and I'm sure we'll welcome you back very shortly on another podcast where we can continue the chat and get into a bit more detail on other subjects. 
Yeah, no worries. And um, thanks for inviting me on to your first one. And um, just wanted to sort of say, you know, well done on the stuff that you're doing at the moment, because I know that um, it's certainly going to be something that is going to sort of help other electricians, engineers, you know, in the industry generally, because it uh, gives everybody the option to talk to each other, support each other and learn from each other. So obviously you're going to be putting a lot of your personal time into what you're doing. And um, that's something that should be should be well respected really because um it's, it's really good of people to do that thank you i will make sure that that's the promo <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway nice all one. the best right. and um, yeah, yeah cheers, thanks Lee. again cheers okay, and, and cheers. thanks everyone for listening